What's going on? Now, welcome back to you and our listeners. Hope welcome everyone... back. It's been too long. It's been a minute, so hopefully you have a nice Christmas. Uh, so far, so good. I got a little bit of a bronchitis, but other than that, pretty well. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, yeah, can't complain. You know, we're, we're here talking about Sopranos. So, all right, so what episode are we talking about this week? Big Girls Don't Cry. Nice. So we got, we got some, we got a one, a one and a one A type storyline here. We got Furio. He's coming to America. And then we have Tony. He's making some managerial changes with Silvio and Pauly. And this kind of inadvertently affects Pussy as well. And then we have this kind of like B story, but I also thought it was uh, fun to watch with Chris joining an acting class that he received as a gift from helping with his writing. Yeah, I thought it was a really good episode. I felt kind of like it was like an octopus episode because it really sucked you in in all ca- in like all different facets. Yeah, no, definitely. And we're moving right along. We're and we had talked about season one to season two, how like the side plots don't really impact the story but here we have a really strong chris side plot here that does kind of maybe not directly affect the story but his character arc this this is a big uh big episode we kind of hear mention of his father for the first time directly we've 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 heard him alluded to but this is the first time that like chris reacts to some some things to do with his father in a certain way well and Furio is like instantaneously a big part of the whole story after the first episode. Like he had the little bit of the introductory in the last episode, Commendatore. And then in this episode, as soon as they bring him on, he's like halfway through the episode. He, they, they finally bring him in when they have the party. He's just like throughout the whole thing, like, amazing like you know he's very he's very well taken to by most not all and we'll get into that when we go into the more of the recap sure and i will talk about that we'll definitely talk about this more in scenes but uh, i think i think we mentioned last episode how furio is a guy who wears so many hats like he was a diplomat kind of uh brokering between tony and the Italians in the last episode and not losing his cool once. Like this is something like a lesser man might've just crumbled under the pressure of being like the middleman between these two people. But then and you see he can get his hands dirty too in this episode. Sure. We see, and we see him. He, he's at the end of this episode. He's, he's a completely different person. He's pretty brutal. We get, we see he's got that side of him too. We see well, him we saw party. very briefly when he beat the, the, the crap out of the kid in the last episode sure. when they were doing the fireworks. Sure. So the, the end scene in the tanning salon in this episode is kind of like an extension of that. And we also see him at the party. You know, he can, he can schmooze with the wives and children and do a good job of that too. So he's, you could put kind of put him into any atmosphere and he'll fit right in. Got to agree a hundred percent. All right, so why don't we uh, hop right in the favorite scenes? All right. Um, the first one I have uh, is actually Chris and Dom in the uh, tanning salon slash brothel. Okay. <laughs> you see him coming in, collecting his money and everything, and then has an issue, and you could see the wife wears the pants in that one really quickly. Sure. And it just like, you know, it's foreshadowing on what's going to happen. Um, Cause 
He ends up being short for the third week in a row uh, on collections. And you see he's got the business, but he's just using his money in other ways. So you see Chris getting a little aggressive. So you see that that's a foreshadowing of him getting more involved. Right. And you had mentioned that she wears the pants in there. I don't know if she, she, well, she definitely does, but I don't know if it's for any other reason other than this guy is just coked out of his mind and probably not fit to run anything. I don't even think I let him run my washing machine. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not a good look in, in, in any endeavor, let alone the mafia when you're telling uh, the guy collecting from you, you're short while you still have cocaine in your mustache. Yes, I have that. Well, we'll go we'll get to that in quotes. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> All right, so one scene I have here, the first one is the, I have it written down as Tony Pauly, and this is, they're outside, and this is where Tony uh, tells Pauly the, the shifts that they're making. They're making some changes to the organization, and it's going to kind of be Furio is a soldier, and it's going to be kind of a pecking order, Sil Pauly, right below Tony and Tony at the top. And any, you want to talk to Tony, you got to go through either Polly or so at this point. I, it's a, it's a big foreshadowing of uh, the downhill slope for pussy. Yeah. And we, we ultimately, we find out later in another episode where pussy in a, in a dream sequence says, you know, you passed me over for promotion. You knew, but, does do you think Tony knows at this point? No, I, I I don't think he does. But I I just thought it was really a like you know like that bothered me and oh, that's going to be a nitpick when we get to that episode. I believe that's Funhouse. Yep. Um, but that's going to be a major nitpick for me because that wasn't the reason. Yeah, I, I, you can't promote everybody, so somebody was going to be ultimately left unhappy here. And I, I don't think I don't second guess this was pussy. I'm not pussy. Polly and Sill, you, you're not going. You're not going wrong promoting these two. No, and basically because it ends up being that uh, what's it called? Sill becomes his conciliary. Yep. And I think he's the perfect conciliary. Absolutely. Yeah. The, these are these are good choices. Um, Pussy, if he wasn't a rat, probably would have been a, a, you know, just just as capable as these two of being promoted. But it ultimately wind up wound up being a good decision by Tony. If- See, now I have a second guess about that because you know what? I'll get to it in my. That's in my question, so we'll get to that after. Sure. So we'll we'll table that. Uh, what's another uh, scene you have? I have the scene between Tony and Hesh. Okay. Um, There's this was so oh, good. The, the scenes with Hesh and this were really good. I enjoyed him. He was really like for very for two scenes, he was phenomenal. Um, but you know, he, he Tony stops him, he's talking to him about everything that's going on. Um, he, he's telling him that, like, you know, he's got the world by the balls and he's a miserable prick <laughs> and he's passing out, he's having these fits. He's like, Oh, well, your father had the same thing. And that's when he finally learns that his father had the same panic attacks. So it's hereditary. But back then, they didn't know how to treat it. Right. He ended up, I think he mentioned he ended up cracking his skull on a cigarette uh, machine. Uh Uh-huh. Which was like, okay, so maybe you see where he's getting his, a little more depth into his condition. 
Definitely. And I wonder, I always wondered if their scenes were improv because when they're having their conversations, it's like neither of them are listening to the other person. They're just, it's they're always having... like that. It, it seems like it is always like that. And I, I like that dyna- dynamic. Like sure. It, you know, they're having two separate conversations, but they're such good friends. It doesn't even matter. They're just, they're, they just, they need to know someone's listening, even if they're not actually listening. It was the second one was a little bit funnier than the first one because the second one, he, like you know, he's like, "I, I want to know what to do. Go sleep would help. Oh, you don't want to? Hey, you know, just say it. Take it easy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so their dynamics really good. I uh, little foreshadowing. My uh, my trivia question later is uh, Hesh related. Oh, nice. So, okay. Uh, so glad glad you brought up Hesh here. Uh, another scene I have is we got Richie just in one scene in this episode. And this is where Tony, I guess, finds out that him and Janice are kind of picking up where they left off before Richie went away to prison. And Richie answers the door at Olivia's house. He's not wearing any pants. Uh, Tony's not happy about this. Um, what did you think of this scene with Richie? Uh, I thought this was um, a little bit of a, like out of nowhere kind of scene because he, he comes in he sees him in his his underwear basically it's like let me make you some eggs I'm like <laughs> all right that's that, that's definitely you know make me eggs here put on some fucking pants <laughs> so and you see like the tension is still growing and growing between these two and they just can't get on the same page right and janice and tony were already having tension because Janice is trying to take out a loan on her mother's on their mother's house, and you know, no way she's gonna be able to pay it back. When it comes time to pay it back, she's gonna be hitting Tony up. So this is gonna be money out of his pocket. So there's already tension between Tony and Janice. Add Richie to the mix, and it's just you have a really combustible element here. Yeah, well, you see, towards the end of that scene, because she's talking about making taking the loan to make make the house livable for Ma, which she really doesn't give a shit about Ma. She cares about herself. Right. She's always about herself throughout the whole series. That's what she is. She's all about herself. Um, but then you see Richie say, I'll give you the money. And he's like, oh, look, Ozzy and Harriet. And he yeah. says, basically, basically tells Richie, she's your problem now, not mine anymore. Right. Yeah. So great scene, Richie. Uh, just the one, but it kind of sets up a little tension. Uh, next episode is, is a pretty heavy, heavy Richie episode. What's another one you got? Um, before I get into it, next episode is actually my favorite episode of the whole entire series. Really? Yes. Happy Wanderer. Is it Happy Wanderers or The yes. Happy Wanderer? Happy Wanderer. The Happy Wanderer, yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah. We got uh, Robert Patrick in this one, so I'm, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 a... It's a I, in my adulthood, I it's another one I found watching this as an older person. It was a little, little tougher to watch, but we'll... we'll get there when we get there okay definitely like i i know we met you mentioned that to me that you know it wasn't as easy to get through it after you did the when when you go forward but still my one of my favorite episodes of the show definitely Uh, like a ton of instances where i'm looking at these episodes through a different lens now is like just a, a little older and I, I know I sound like an old man and I'm only 40, but listen, you walked uphill to school both ways when you were younger. So it's okay. <laughs> um, another scene I got, um, and this was just a powerful scene and, and really shows you Michael Imperioli's acting skills. Okay. It really has nothing to do with storyline or whatever, but his reading of Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. 
Uh, and all the all the participants in it really were good, except for the dead guy because he was just dead. Um, <laughs> but like you see, his he's got amazing range in this, and it just shows you the quality of acting that you get from him. Right, and that kind of foreshadows the the later scene we get where he punches the man who was playing his father in that scene. Hey, yeah. But so, yes, yes, that that is a um, you see because when he cries, and now I I know like and like I said, I'm talking about him, but as his character, he's bringing everything about his father into that scene. I feel definitely because because the one lady in the acting class asked like, "How'd you get yourself to cry like that?" And he just he can't even talk at that point. He just has to leave. <sighs> so another one I have here is the the party for Furio. Okay, I had that as well. All right, cool. It's, uh, you know, this is just, we're seeing Furio in this environment where, you know, you're not negotiating multi-million dollar car deals or having to beat the shit out of a tanning salon owner. It's just, this is him. This is family and friends. These things, this is a big part of it too. And he blends right in here. What'd you think of Furio at the party? Uh, I love that his favorite show is uh, the NYPD Blue. <laughs> but no, you see, he's very warm, which makes the next scene, like the next scene that he's in, so like, whew. Yeah. But he, you see him interacting and talking about Turner Classic movies because none of this crap he had in Italy. Like, you know, you could see all these special movies, he, the, the people, the atmosphere, everything. You see, and like, you know, you, you see, this is when Christopher finds out that he's come over from the other side. Yep. And we, we already see Pussy's kind of annoyed. He's asking Sylvia all these questions about like what's going on. And, you know, Sylvia doesn't want to talk about it. Not the time and place to talk business. But yeah, we, we get, we get a little. Him getting back. pushed away little by little. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads me to the next scene that I have written down here, which is, I just have this as Johnny, Polly, Furio, Pussy. This is uh, the restaurant scene where there's no subtlety here. Pussy is pretty blatantly disrespected by Polly in the scene. Well, at first you see it like, you know, and this is another great scene. I had it as well. Um, but you, you see them like, you know, talking nice to each other at first. Because um, they were talking about getting tickets to uh, a devil's game. Right. Um, and then Furio comes in sits down and pours wine and then you, you see pussy make a joke about it or did you stomp on the grapes yourself <laughs> and you see pussy's disrespect for him like doesn't want to give him any like you know anything pussy's then, being a dick but before before like you know paulie has to kick him out of there so they can talk about whatever they're talking about you know he doesn't when johnny comes up you know not that you need to stand up for johnny at this point but He's you still know, an underboss. Yeah, everybody else stood up, and, and Pussy just blatantly sat down. He's intentionally mispronouncing Furio's name. I think he calls him Furio. Yeah. And he, he's, be, he's being a dick, ultimately, before Pussy or Pauly tells him, you, you got to go. He, and basically, Pauly just put him right in his place. He's like, oh, I just got my food. Hold on. Yeah. Keep this warm for him. <laughs> now you can go. What do you think they did with that in the back? Do you think they just put it on top of a stove? They put it in one of those turny things, I think. The turny hot things. <laughs> yeah, it probably didn't come back the same when he when he ultimately came back to di- our lunch. Oh, it was a great scene, though. 
definitely. Um, my last one, um, I'm guessing we share this. So do you have any others or do you have one? I have two more, but I think we do share one. Yeah, I'm going to safely guarantee. So what's your two that's not the one? I'm going to go the one that you're not going to – probably you're not going to use. That's the therapy session. Okay. Yep. Is that the one you were going to use? It's not. So, yeah. Perfect. All How right. So it? the therapy session when he – like. He gets the phone call from her when he's outside and she wants to take him back. Cause you see that struggle throughout the episode of her wanting him to like, you know, like she, she's like fighting with herself, talking to her therapist about wanting to bring him back in. Yep. And she's trying to make justifications to bring him back. And then when the session starts, uh, I have a quote and it's a long one. Um, we'll get into that when we get into quotes. Sure. But that whole scene, like you, you, you see him very standoffish, um, and she calls him on it every time. Like, right. Know, like he he says something and he goes, "Is that because I said no to you before?" Because she was talking about um, the last time we talked, you told me you had you passed out, and he goes, "That seems like it was so long ago." She goes, "Does it, or is that because I turned you down?" And you just see him smirk. So very big dynamic, and it's something we missed in the last couple episodes. Definitely. That their um, interactions in the therapy room, and it came back, and it was just a great scene. And they get right back to it, because there's, there's part of that scene, you think she might be coddling him in the beginning, but she's not. She's asking him about the medication, and he says he's kind of taking it off and on, and she tells him, you know, he will either take it or don't take it, but don't do it the right way. Exactly. So, so yes, I thought it was a very good scene. I have a nice quote from that scene. All right, cool. I think I know what the quote is, so I, I won't steal it from you. Uh, the what last, scene, what's your last scene? The last one I got here, uh, Furio in the tanning salon. That was just, uh, you know, we we get we're told about this at the party where Chris tells Tony about how three times in a row the guy at the tanning salon is short. So tony instead of sending chris for a fourth for a fourth time where he probably would have been told the same thing he decides to go a different route and use his the new toy in his toy box essentially oh and that toy really shined let me tell you it was a very shiny toy oh it's he's brutal in this scene you know we see him in the last scene he's you know shaking he's smiling with the women and children in this scene, he's just—he shoots the guy in the knee. He's beat—he's beating the shit out of everybody with a club. He's yelling cool shit in Italian. He's just <laughs> just awesome. Just like a, a, I mean, for the for the crowd who likes like the hits and you know action, this was this was crazy and you know really you see and like he's such he's so great at taking the like he listened like Tony's like so you know what to do. And he rattled it off right before he went in there. I do this, I do that. The, the wife, he's not the only problem. So is the wife. Yeah. And then he basically beats the shit out of the guy well, after he hits her and starts dragging her in when he starts slamming everything with the badge and starts hitting people, knocking over the guy coming out. The girls just throwing everybody. He yeah. Gets into there. The guy goes to try and shoot him, grabs the gun, hits him in the shoulder, breaks his arm, just goes nuts. Yeah, we were we were just talking about Robert Patrick in the next episode, but Furio in this episode was the Terminator. He just ran, he ran through this and was just fucking up everything in his way. There was there was no winning 
against them in this scene. And then all of a sudden, like, she's like, I'll pay, I'll pay. He didn't even give a shit at this point. He's still beating the shit out of everybody. <laughs> he beats the shit out of him, shoots, <laughs> shoots the guy in the knee, and then just takes every every dime they have in that room. And, yeah, so this was a, definitely a good acquisition for Tony. I, I just love when the when the when you see you hear the first gunshot, and, and you just look at Tony, and he just looks, and it just smiles. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, he he he's he enjoys this. So yeah, great scene, good uh, good introduction to Furio. We're gonna get a lot of a lot of stuff like this from him later on. All right, so I think that's it for scenes. Why yep. don't we take a quick break and then we'll talk about our favorite quotes. All right, so favorite quotes. We're back. Um, this wasn't a heavy quotes episode for me, so I got four. And the first one I have here is from Chris. And this is in the tanning salon when the guy tells him, you know, I'm short. And Chris is like, business slow. He's like, half the fucking neighborhood's out there waiting for blowjobs. It's a good, good Chris quote. What's one you have? I actually have one from the same thing. All right. Um, when he comes in and he looks at him, he goes, don't you own a mirror? It looks like you're French kissing the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it wasn't even subtle it's just his mustache probably has like a hundred dollars worth of cocaine in it <laughs> oh there's definitely a couple of grams on there yeah <laughs> um another one here i have is from chris ironically uh in the acting class when he's introducing himself he goes i bought that book how to write a movie in 21 days that was like a year ago <laughs> so good uh yeah i they weren't pivotal necessarily but the the acting scenes they were they were pretty good what's another one you got um i got uh after tony has a meltdown with the phone and he uh wants to call Carmella tells him to grow the fuck up uh he goes up to aj's room he goes hey i got a job at radio shack product testing <laughs> giving this one an f for durability <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and AJ was wasn't into it at all. That was he was just like, yeah, cool, Dad, great. <laughs> um, another one I have here is uh, Tony, just kind of like an old man yelling at the clouds when he's he's in the living room by himself, and they show uh, a news story on the New Jersey mob, and he sees a picture of him and Pussy, and he yells, "How come every?" Hold on, I'm gonna fuck this up. How come every picture they take is a fucking news story? And he's like, he thinks like either Carm's in the room with him or one of his kids, and it's just the maid who just like Liliana. Yeah, yeah, it's just okay, great. <laughs> um, another one I have um, uh, during the scene with Richie and um, Tony. Yeah, he goes. Hey, Richie says we're picking things where we left off and everything. You know, I, I thought I did a lot of thinking about her while I was in, in jail. Goes ten years in the can. You thought of, you thought about Janice. There are men in the can better looking than her. <laughs> yeah, shows just, you the respect he has for his own sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was pretty brutal to her in that one scene. And my last quote here, ironically, is also from Tony in that scene. Uh, they're going back and forth, and Richie says, "We're adults. We got history." And Tony goes, "Yeah, Israel and fucking Palestine." <laughs> So yeah, it, you can tell Tony does not endorse this relationship. No, he's not happy about it. All right, so I'm tapped. What else do you have anymore? Um, I got a couple actually. Right, go, I got yeah. a lot of quotes today. Carry it. All right, so um, the scene between Melfi and her uh, shrink. Okay. Oh yeah, um, Doctor Cufferberg. 
yeah, when they were talking about the weight gain and everything, and he basically tells it, which is really like underlining, uh, watch your intake in sugar and sugar substitutes. Basically, watch your intake, like, you know, you're trying to eat your emotions, but don't use Tony as a substitute either, I thought it meant. Right. So that's what I had there. Okay. Um, another one I had. Another one I had. Um, I'll, I'll, I won't use all of them. I'll, I'll go two more. Okay. Um, this one was um, Tony and uh, Melfi. Now, okay. Um, this one, he's basically, this is a longer one. He goes, you know where I was when I called? And she goes, I don't know. <laughs> and he goes, I was with one of my guys who worked with me beating up somebody who owes me money, break his arm and put a bullet in his kneecap. And he, she goes, how'd that make you feel? He goes, I wished I was in there. And the best line of it was getting or receiving the beating. Right. And it, you, you could tell Tony was like thinking about that one, which, which was it. And I, you know what? That's the, the, the depression right there. Yeah, definitely. And that was a very powerful scene. So it was really good that we, we, we got the therapy scenes back in this episode. And then like I, I'll use this one because I thought it was very funny. Um, Chris goes, "What do you want me to do?" He goes, "I want you to send them a pass due notice." What the fuck you think I want you to do? When he's talking <laughs> about Dom, collect yep. money. <laughs> yeah, good, good scene, good quotes. Um, don't forget about it. Um, kind of a let's see, a couple. I have three here. So the first one I have. Uh, just another instance about Tony and animals. He gets mad at Irina for giving fish cheese doodles, which is pretty stupid to begin with. But it shows like the care he has for animals. Wasn't Again, it ducks? It could have been. It could have easily been ducks. Okay, she was. I, I she think was it giving... might have been ducks in that. That's why he was so. He goes. I had a bunch of them living with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. You're probably. Yeah. You, good catch. It was ducks, but. Yeah, she's still putting cheese doodles into the the ocean. Hey, listen, I wish somebody would feed me cheese doodles. <laughs> um, yes, if I if Irina wanted to feed me cheese doodles, I would I would be on board with it. Um, one I got is um, Melfi's substance abuse. Okay, because they start talking about her drinking, and you see it gets worse as the seasons go on. Right, right. Good catch there. Um, another one I have here. Chris, uh, this is kind of the, the first time we get like deep into talking about Chris's father and Chris getting emotional about his father. We're going to see more of this later in the show. Mm-hmm. And also him trying trying to get into the movie business. We're going to see him flirt with this a lot. And then we're going we're gonna to have peace and valleys with this throughout the show. Yes, we are. Um, another one I had is Pussy Getting Offended. It's my last one as well. <laughs> okay, so that that's something that's gonna play a big part. Yeah, definitely. Nitpicks. So I ha- I have two here. Uh, the first one I have it was just that whole scene with Irina, where Tony beats up the guy and then they they have to leave. I, it just seemed like it was in a it was in a different episode and they just inserted it in here just because they need three minutes. It was like a it, cut scene. It was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have easily been a deleted scene on a DVD. I only had one, so I, and my one is just a weird nitpick. Sure. 
Um, Chris bringing up the garbage after he's throwing out everything. Okay. You're in New Jersey on concrete. You're going to walk barefoot? Come on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You're not, you're not doing that. You're throwing out. I got like, I have the bad shoes that are like seven years old, but they just slip on. So that's even in, I live in a, a short town. I'm, I'm putting, if I have to take out the garbage at night, I don't know what I'm stepping in. I, I throw the, the shitty shoes on. I own a house. I wouldn't step out of my house. I wouldn't step out of there without shoes on to put something <laughs> out. <laughs> so my last nitpick is the party scene. We get Junior and Bobby try to show up to that party and Carmela ultimately slams the door in, in their face. And I, Junior's under house arrest. I don't, I, you know, he's very, it's very clear that you can leave the house to go to work or to pick up groceries, but he just was able to go to a party. Yeah. It didn't make any sense actually. Now that you mention it, if I don't, if it was just, for nothing other than to show Carmela's disdain towards him. Basically, and just gonna get a scene with Bobby just being fat. <laughs> you know, I'll take those all day. That's fine. All right. So friends of ours, I have two here, and maybe we we uh coincide here. Um the first one I have is Linda Edmond. Linda Edmond. She played Dahlia, the acting teacher. She has uh, 62 acting credits on IMDb, including she had three episodes in this last season of Succession. She played the aide to the president who kind of sparred with uh, Brian Cox's Logan Roy a little bit. So she had a she had a nice little arc. And she's also in a new there's a new HBO show coming out next month called The Gilded Age. And she's one of the leads in it. So very well traveled actor. And she was I thought she was good in this role. I have two as well, but I, I have one that's different, I think. Okay. So what's what's your first? Uh, I got AJ, AJ Nadu. That's my second. Go for it. Um, know him from, I, I always know him from Office Space. He's so yeah. funny in that movie. But he also had a little stint in Dr. Death recently. I, I, we have the same notes. <laughs> okay. I'm like, it's like AJ Nadu, Samir, Office Space, Arc on Dr. Death. That's literally what I wrote. <laughs> Um, who's the second? Oh, that was your second. Yeah, yeah. And it was the scene with uh where they're smashing the computers to damn it feels good to be a gangster. Yes. <sighs> yeah. So yeah, good uh and I you know, I often wonder, I was like, what if I, I I feel like whenever I watch Office Space, I'm like, I've what else did that guy do? And this was kind of like, Oh, okay, yeah, he was in that he, he's been around, but it, it's like you can't really pinpoint him to anything other than Office Space. Well, I was looking on IMDB. And then I ended up watching the episode again. And then I noticed this one. Phyllis Somerville was in the episode as well. Okay. Now, she had a long arc in Big the Big C. Okay. Uh, she was in Daredevil. Which one? The show or the, the Netflix movie? series? Okay. And she was also in, uh, she she did a little bit on the Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, and I'm, look, I'm, I'm on her page now. And it looks like she recently passed away. Yes, she did. Yeah, she was Betty in Mayor of Easttown. It's amazing, like when you when you see these and you see so many of these parts and these other shows and just the history. Like I'm watching this and I'm seeing the acting coach, and I had just been watching Succession, and I was watching those scenes, and I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> Logan Roy's going head to head with the president's aide. Like she's she's really good. She's hanging she's hanging tough with him, and that's you know she had this small part in The Sopranos twenty years ago. Uh. <laughs> all right um let's see here i think that's it for friends of ours right yes i don't have any other ones okay questions comments concerns here i just have two kind of 
little, they could even be nitpicks, I guess. Um, we have the scene with Pussy. He's complaining about guys not being tough like they used to be. And he's making these complaints while he's sitting in a diner with an FBI agent while he's a rat. That, that's what, that was what we were talking about earlier, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that bothers me so much. It's like he's saying, you know, you, there's no respect. There's no, dude, you're a fucking rat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Respect is out the window right now. Like you it's... want people to respect you. You're betraying everybody. Right. So yeah, not a, not a good look, but I mean, it, his audience was skipped. So probably the guy who's going to agree with you at that point. Uh, the one, uh, the other one I had was uh, I didn't realize back in 2000 they were still using floppy disk. <laughs> so you have two, you have two young children. If you if you gave one of them a floppy disk now, if you gave your daughter a floppy disk, would you know what it is? No, there's no <laughs> possible way in hell she would ever know what it is. She'd be like, "What the hell is it?" She'll think it's a frisbee. Yeah, a frisbee, a coaster. <laughs> What do I do with this? Do I put my drink on there? <laughs> yeah. It's always fun seeing things, uh, uh, you know, floppy disks or flip phones when you see them in shows. You're like, oh, wow. Like, what a time to be alive. I tried to get her to work my regular Nintendo, and uh, that went well. <laughs> but it did the regular Nintendo work, or did you have to blow on the game? Uh, it, it worked right away, but she still didn't know. Like, she couldn't figure out how to turn it on. Okay. I just remember blowing didn't work. Then you had to go hardcore. You had the Q-tips with the rubbing alcohol. Oh, yes. I, I, oh, I remember greatly those days. <laughs> You're like, but you didn't, break, you didn't break the alcohol out unless, like, you know, you tried to blow on it, like, four or five times. And then, you but I was like, Oof. yeah, yeah. You're like, this is, this is serious. We need to go in for surgery. <laughs> uh, second question, comments, concerns I have was just, you know, another instance of these guys committing crimes chris assaulted a guy in his acting class and you, you wonder he did give a fake name so i don't know if they're able to track chris him down McAviti. yeah chris McAviti. um but yeah just my question here was like no charges for assault and that's question mark it's all i have just you know nothing's gonna happen even if they had his full name this guy probably would have realized who chris was and just called it a day i agree <laughs> Uh, trivia. You want to go first, or me? I'll let you go first. All right. So we have. I, I mentioned this was a Hesh-related question. So we have Jerry Adler, who plays Hesh on the show. He has a lot of TV credits. So I'm going to give you some shows here. You tell me which one he was not a part of. Okay. All right. So Hesh, Jerry Adler. He was on Mad About You, Rescue Me, Fargo transparent and the good wife which one of those can you eliminate i can eliminate rescue me okay i remember him on that he was one of the captains yep maybe <laughs> no I, I definitely that was one of my favorite <laughs> shows so i i'm good on that one um, all right <laughs> i'm gonna go mad about you i don't think i remember seeing him on that it was actually fargo he was I didn't watch Bad About You. Like, I watched an episode here here and there. It was kind of like the same way I was with Friends. You know, I was, didn't watch it religiously. But, yeah, he had a long arc on Mad About You. I, and really? he was even, they did a reboot recently, and he was in that, too. Oh, wow. So he's still going. He's 91 years old now. So Jesus. God still, bless. Still working. Yeah, yeah. 
All right. So, yeah, he was not he, – he would have been good on Fargo, but he hasn't been on there to date. Maybe um, a future season. I got – okay. So, my question is, I mentioned that Phyllis Somerville was in the episode. Yes. Phyllis Somerville and Michael Imperioli share a few TV shows that they've worked on together. Not at the same time, but work the same shows. Okay. What show wasn't one that they worked to, worked on at one po- at one time or another? I like these questions. Was it The Big C, Life on Mars, Blue Bloods, or NYPD Blue? <sighs> okay, I have to confess, I've never seen any of these shows, but we did talk. I feel like we've talked about Blue Bloods, Life on Mars. We've definitely talked about before. Um, I want to say, I just want to just doing a little process of elimination based on prior conversation. I'm going to say, I don't remember. I feel like NYPD blue was like too young for Chris. So I'm going to, I'm going to go NYPD blue and hope for the best. Uh, it was actually the big C he was on NYPD blue. He did an episode. Yes. He was on an episode of it. All right. All right. Yes. I had no chance with this question other than you know, blindly throwing a dart and hoping for the best. You have a 25% chance. (laughs) Um, All right, here we got our double moments of truth here. MVP of the episode. For me, I went, uh, I went Chris. I just thought his, he was on the same page on that one. I went to say, I didn't think it can go to anybody else. I thought his whole episode being a little bit goofy. (coughs) (coughs) And his whole arc throughout the whole episode was just fantastic. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, really solid episode for Chris and gave him a good chance to shine here. So we're both in sync there. How what many boxes? Get, what, how many boxes is Edie? I went, a, I went a, a flat eight for this one, 8.0. I went 8.5, a little bit higher. I thought a it was a high- really good episode. Well, I, I don't remember the last time you went high. It's been, I think it's been a minute since you went higher than me. Yeah, it's it's been well. I guarantee you, the next one I'm going higher too. <laughs> All right, look forward to it. Uh, what's something good you watch this week? Um, this week, uh, really having a chance to watch anything. I watched Matrix, and I'm kind of regretting it. So this, we talked about this last night on the Dollar Theater Pod for a little bit. Um, how it's like one. It's kind of like um, the Many Saints of Newark the reaction to it. It's either it was the greatest thing ever or it was complete horseshit. And I, I've, I've seen more people on the, the latter side of that. What, what didn't work about it? I, I just felt like they were just trying to do it, to do it. It wasn't really, it was, it felt recycled. It felt okay. really recycled to me. There wasn't any kind of new concept to it or anything like that. It really just, it just fell flat. Was it, did they overdo it on fan service? I think so. Uh, um, and uh, they didn't bring back a couple of key characters, but they named the same characters, the same names, these okay. different characters. So it was just like. I did see the other Morpheus. I haven't seen the movie yet. And I, I judging by the reviews, I don't know that it, it's necessarily a priority, but I did see the other Morpheus and I, I don't know this actor's name. I didn't know if it was like, a, uh, a, a Morpheus variant or Morpheus is a younger man. I, I, I wasn't sure why Lawrence Fishburne wasn't in this movie. 
Do you remember the show? Do you watch the show Mind Hunter? Yeah, yeah. The lead character in that, I, I don't know his name off the top of my head. Jonathan um, Groff? Yes. Okay. He plays the new Agent Smith. Yeah. And it just didn't work. Like, you know, it wasn't believable. Okay. And they're like, you know, this whole time it was just a game. It was all like, you know, it was never real. I, I will say this. Neil Patrick Harris was very good in the movie. That's the from everything I've read and heard about the movie. It says that NPH is definitely like the shining star. Oh, he he was hands down one of the better performances I've seen. You you forget how good he is sometimes because like you know a lot of the roles are like I'll always remember him as either Dookie Hauser or Barney. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Doogie Hauser was, you know, when you're when you're uh, like nine years old and you your uh, your goal is to hit a home run in kickball, and then you're watching you're going on TV and watching watching this kid is like a doctor. Yeah, basically, like, oh, okay. It was like you know, it was. Like I tied the equivalent... my shoes today, so we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it was like the equivalent of like you, you know the controversy now is is instagram is it like ruining people's self-esteem but it was it was like me turning on the tv it's like a nine or ten year old and say this kid's a doctor <laughs> like all right well you know i got third place in the spelling bee so fuck off but like when you see him in this and another movie you saw i saw him in that was really fantastic was gone girl you just forget that he's actually really good at his craft he's he's solid yeah yeah we uh underestimate him a lot our, um, other than that, I didn't really watch too much. I'm probably gonna catch the the Boba Fett show later, so I could segue. I could segue into that then because I watched it this morning. How was it? Oh, it was so good. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really into this. It was, you know, it kind of followed the same formula that Mandalorian did. I won't, I won't spoil anything for you, but it's we know from the last scene in the Mandalorian spoilers for an episode of Mandalorian that took place a year ago. Sorry, fast forward thirty seconds. Um. <laughs> But that he we, that he comes back. We saw the scene, you know, the we're gonna see a power struggle in the Sopranos later between uh little Carmine and Johnny Sack that's gonna go on for a while. Quite the opposite of the the power struggle we had between Boba Fett and and um Jabba the Hutt, which was really quick. So we we see in the last scene of Mandalorian, Boba Fett takes over the crime empire of Jabba the Hutt, and this is kind of him. The first episode is kind of him trying to establish himself and trying to grab power, but also be different than Jabba. So he's kind of struggling with that a little. There's some, you know, mix that in with some cool fights and it's it, a lot of action. So I'm really looking forward to this. Good to, good to be watching a star Wars show because we've been watching. So there feel like we've been oversaturated with MCU content. And these are, you're getting Disney plus for one of two things or both in my instance, probably yours as well. Both. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, I think after the last the, the last uh, trilogy, um, the show has really redeemed the the Star Wars universe. Sure, yeah, Mandalorian. Um, now this, and we're getting uh, the Obi Wan show soon. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see that because I want to see that out of the, the original three. Uh, the, not the original three. Sorry, the, the second, the prequels. Actually, yep, they were. Like, you know, the first one was okay. Second one got a little better. And I thought the third one, The Revenge of the Sith, was just phenomenal. Like, yeah. I thought he actually did a good job. I want to see where it 
that in between now, how we get from there to uh, a new hope. Right. Right. It's going to, yeah, definitely going to be exciting. We're going to get answers to those questions. Probably. I would imagine this year, because we have a lot of star Wars content coming out. So I'm really excited for it. And this was uh, a good, good uh, welcome back last night. So hit me up when, uh, after you do watch Boba. Okay. And also I watched that movie. We talked about it a couple of times, the birthday cake. How was it? Not bad. Okay. You know, it's not, it's not good fellas. So, you know, it's, it's, it's your lower tier mob movie and we don't really even get like a lot of mafia projects anymore because they've been done so much and so well that where are you going to go? Talk about oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But this was, you know, it was, it was fun. We got the, the lead character in this is an actor named Shiloh Fernandez. Who's been in a lot of things. I, I was just looking at his, his IMDb. And he was on a few episodes of Euphoria. So that's like the most recent thing that I remember him on. And this had kind of a really solid cast. Val Kilmer is kind of like the boss. A little tough to watch him because he's got his throat thing. He can't really speak anymore. And I, I know there was that's a documentary. So, sad. so they couldn't act their way out of this. So his, ca- his character in the movie had the thing. And whenever he talks, there's subtitles. So it's a little, little tough in that regard. Ewan McGregor is in this movie. Um, we also... Look, Let's talk about the Sopranos people who are in there. Lorraine Bracco plays the lead character's mother, and Vincent Pastore is a soldier in the family, and he plays uh, Vito. So it was really, uh, you know, everybody is like Tony or Vito, and uh, Vincent Pastore's Vito. We also get uh, John Magaro, who played the the young young Silvio in Many Saints of Newark. He's in this. Is he as bad? Uh, he's a little bit better. Okay. <laughs> but so many people are in this. Ringing endorsement there, just a little bit better. <laughs> uh, Penn Badgley's in this. Uh, AKA I like him. Jo- yeah, Joe from You. A lot of Louis Guzman is in this too. Just like a lot of people just randomly show up in this movie. And it was, it, you know, it wasn't bad. It was, I think it was, it was short. It was like an hour. It was like an hour and thirty minutes. It was a ninety-minute movie. Okay. And it involves the lead character. He kind of doesn't want anything to do his father was a mobster who had died previously and they go to his birthday party every year and his mom stopped going Lorraine Bracco but she sends a birthday cake and this is it's really important that you get the cake to this party so this really kind of like trivial thing but a lot of shit happens in route to the party and then ultimately at the party so it was it was you know not critically acclaimed as a really low there's a 4.4 on IMDb. I gave it six out of 10. Okay. And yeah, you know, there's worse ways to spend 90 minutes. Okay. So that's my lukewarm endorsement of this movie. It's on stars, I believe. Um, where can we follow you at? Well, uh, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Twinkie730 on Instagram or me and my friends. Uh, got a little channel we do. Um, uh, Arcade underscore wars on Instagram, where we have competitions, playing video games, talking some shit, and uh, just having good fun. Good fun with friends. Definitely. Fun fun channel to follow. You can follow me at DDEM2000 on both Instagram and Twitter. You can follow the Instagram for this show at It's the Jacket Pod. We post quizzes, uh, polls on our stories, and let everybody know when new episodes are out. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do that. If you rate us, that helps people find our show. Um, if you write a review, that also helps us. And if it's if it's good, we'll read it on here. My friend, what uh, 
what episode do we got next week? We kind of alluded to it already. The Happy Wanderer. Yeah, yeah. A good. Uh, a very, very uh, fun episode for me. Definitely. So look forward. Yeah, look forward to talking about it a little in further detail next week. So definitely a, a good one. We're marching on on season two here. There we go. All right, my friend. Well, good talking to you as always. Good to be back. Yeah, definitely. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you again next week. Take care. Take care, guys.